0: This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad gunner Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage, along with my wonderful co-host... <laughs> Chad Lail. How's everybody? <laughs> hey, I figured I'd throw something in there to, to kind of throw y'all. Uh, today, we are joined... Uh, For part two, um, we had him on back in April, uh, but the Russian nightmare, the devil's worst nightmare, Nikita Koloff is with us. Nikita, how
0: are you doing, sir? Great to be with you guys. Happy, happy new year, and I hope everyone had a blessed holiday season and are ready for the brand new year.
1: Amen. I definitely am ready for a change in scenery. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this one's going to be good. I'm hearing a lot. Uh, It feels like a lot of the messages that I'm listening to a lot of stuff that my pastor has preached. And it's just like everything that I'm hearing lately in the last couple of weeks is 2022 is a breakthrough year for believers. And I'm really feeling that strongly in my spirit. The more I hear it, the more I'm thinking. I I believe that's a word from the Lord.
0: Well, and and I think, yeah, it just really honestly, I think it's just regardless of what's going on around us. uh, I mean, certainly we pay attention to what's going on around us. uh, But more than anything, I know for my own personal journey, I'm not letting what's going on around me deter me from, Uh, You know, for what I I feel the Lord is calling me to do and directing me to do. And so it's a mindset for me. So I I just I I guess, you know, I call myself kind of you might say the eternal optimist. So no matter how black the cloud is, I'm going to find a silver lining. Just go ahead and test me on that.
2: Amen. <laughs> well, you, hey, you know what? That, that's, uh, it's really Casey and I speak about that a lot, Nikita, on this podcast, being bold and standing firm and the truth that we believe and the truth that the, the word of God says. And that's something that I've always respected about you from, from the, the time that we've known each other is you're bold. Um, you constantly are giving praise to Jesus. And even like you said, that the, the it's a dark time, but you don't let that affect who you are. You know, the Bible always talks about that light is going to overcome the darkness. And we are children of light. We're children of Jesus Christ. And man, it shows in your life. And it's just, uh, you're right. We have to stand firm, be bold, share the gospel, man up, as you would say, and be
0: real men of God. Man, man up, man up. <laughs> yeah. For 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 real, because until that point. I mean, look, the, the darkness is, is is all around us because we live in a fallen, broken world. So we're, we're dropped behind, like a good friend of mine, Rick Joyner, says we're dropped behind enemy lines. Now, you're a military guy. You get that. Uh, yes. You probably can't tell any stories, but you've probably been behind enemy lines for real. And uh, but yet in the spiritual realm, that's where we exist as Christ followers and believers. And, and I be, I believe that it's going to continue, you know, to get darker and darker. However, that doesn't frighten me. That doesn't scare me. If anything that excites me, because I have found that if I walk into the darkest room, it only takes a little bit of light to brighten that room up. Amen. And that's what we're called to be is salt and light. As you said, so no matter how dark it gets out there in, in the, the world, we as Christ followers, what an opportunity we have to be salt and light to to the people out there that are walking in darkness
1: amen you know it one of the reoccurring themes that me and Chad talk about uh, it seems you know since we started our Bible study I believe it was back in May um, uh, we've been going through the book of Acts and we're just now at I think chapter 15 but um you know, one of the reoccurring themes is when the early church was persecuted, the gospel spread. And so that's something like what you were saying. We are in a, a fallen and dark world um, and there's darkness all around and there's there's persecution of believers. We might not see it here in America uh, as much. Uh, but it's it's all around the world, and I do believe that there's coming a time where we probably will see it greater uh, in our nation than we have been. But um, what non-believers don't understand is the more they persecute, uh, the more they spread the gospel.
0: Well, it, yes, it, and it, a couple of things come to mind. It's well, that's pretty well documented that in the darkest places on the planet currently whether it be the Middle East or or, or uh, other nations, um, which people can probably discern for themselves what I might be referring to, are the greatest movements of, uh, of God. The greatest movements of, of God. And I, I like to say it this way. In America, we're facing the most persecution we've ever faced. Now, that said, to my knowledge, nobody's being beheaded, mm-hmm. but... I call it white collar persecution. <laughs> yeah, white collar persecution. When they start telling you lock it, padlock the doors of your church, you cannot assemble together. Mm. That's persecution. I don't, however, you want to look. In my view, that's persecution. Exactly. It is, and
2: you know, example. Nikita. What- yeah, you're right. And and you talk about that. But what it's I've noticed through all this, you know, white collar, I like that white collar persecution uh, here in America is it's caused the church to realize, OK, we're not just confined to a building. You know, nowhere does Jesus say that the church is a building like we are the body of Christ, meaning we are meant to go out and make disciples. And because these you, you see some churches now who um, have their doors padlocked and they've just threw their hands up and gave up. But then you have some others who just went out into the streets and said, fine, if we can't preach in the building. You know what? We're going to take the gospel out on the streets where it needs to be anyway. So that's, uh, you know, that's very important, I think, to mention.
0: Yes, it, it is. In fact, it's interesting. I think what the last 20 months has done is for those who have eyes to see is has opened the eyes for those who have eyes to see uh, more clearly on where exactly people as a whole kind of stand in regards to their faith you know how really the, the how deep their their level of faith how is it shallow is it is there any depth to their faith you know in terms of faith over fear right those who are more have succumbed more to fear seem to have a more shallow faith and those who have a deeper faith fears fear is not even phasing them and I had a conversation just earlier today, gentlemen, with, uh, we're trying, we're trying to put together a, a, a four day revival and one of the churches that they were hoping would support it goes, um, look, we're just going to all online. We're doing, we you know, we're not doing any face to face or anything. And I'm like, man, God didn't call us to be YouTube pastors. Mm. And I mean, t- Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, do not neglect assembling together. Now I get it. A lot of people are getting sick and I get all that. So use, use wisdom. Well, at the same time, you can't be fearful of of all of what's happening. You've got to have a a depth of faith. Amen. That's, you know,
2: that's, that's true. And, and the YouTube pastors thing, you're right. God's calling us to go out into this world and, And, you know, share this good news. And I'm a firm believer when I went through, when, when, you know, the COVID-19 happened in Florida, the church shut down. There was that matter of three or four months until I moved back to Mooresville, North Carolina, where, you know, uh, Pastor Jay Stewart is your pastor, you know, your church. And, um, Started attending there when they opened up the doors back in May, and there was nothing like that fellowship in person, being able to go to the altar, being able to worship with other believers. It was just a complete, I mean, there was a huge emotion override for me and my family when that happened. Um, So I can definitely understand what you're talking about so Nikita real quick I'll kind of kick like I know part two here part one if the fans are listening want to go back and listen to that part one you really touched on a lot of your wrestling career um today I think our heart is really just talking about Jesus talking about your relationship with Christ um October 17th 1993 I believe I'm getting that right is when you uh, submitted to the Lord. You walked to the altar, gave your life to Jesus. You talked a minute ago about that shallow faith. Now in March 24th, 2000, I was saved. Um, I fell away a little bit. I fell into drugs and alcohol. What can you say uh, has helped you all these years keep grounded in Christ? What's, I don't want to say a secret, but what has been your go-to?
0: It's a great question, Chad. It really is. Uh, There's really several things that that come to mind, but one key word is consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency. You mentioned Jay Stewart. Jay's been my pastor since the day of really the day of my salvation, 28 plus years. He and I meet on a, on, if not a monthly basis, sometimes even more, perhaps per schedule permitting, but at very least, typically once a month, face-to-face. Um, General Jerry Boykin calls it a battle buddy. So he's one, <laughs> one of my battle buddies. So we meet together face-to-face on a monthly basis. That's been key to, to keeping me on track, on that narrow path. Secondly, the thing that comes to mind is it, it has to be a, a daily walk. I can't just rely – uh, on a service on Sunday, which by the way, let me say for the record, I'm for those out there in viewing audience uh, listening all, I'm not opposed to online sermons. I, I, I watch, I've watched thousands of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. I'm simply stating it's not the only way to do it. It's, it's a way, but it shouldn't be the only way we do it. So exactly. just for, for the record. Um, but that said, it's It's supposed to be daily. We're supposed to pick up our cross daily. and, and if um and so therefore, you know, not only am I wa- I watch lots of sermons to co- continue to feed myself, I'm reading the word every day. Every day, I'm reading the word. I'm developing my prayer life, and and I'm constantly listening to different different varieties of of worship music on a daily basis. And so, I've consistently done that, Chad. And I like to think those different, uh, uh, again, I don't know why, but something you'll relate to those those bullets in my gun have seemed to be the catalyst behind my uh, success and what I hope is growth and maturity in my walk with Christ. Yes.
2: Yeah. Amen. it's, It's really hard
1: for someone to be a Christian. Uh, and and not be in the word and not be not be uh, in prayer on a on a regular basis. It, it just it's like like you said, that's the bullets uh, in your gun. And the Bible plainly says that that it's what builds us up. And uh, and so that's something that has always been a real uh, thing With me, I know my my wife and my kids, I'm sure they get tired of me harping on it all the time. But I'm like, listen, it's it's that one on one personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. It's not you can't ride anybody's coattails into heaven. You've got to have that one on one relationship. And if you're not in his word and if you're not uh, seeking him in prayer, you're not going to know the voice of the Holy Spirit
0: well it's it's certainly much more challenging. I mean in a sense you're 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 starving yourself. It would be like eating eating a you know a meal once a week and then not eat, eating again for the rest of the week, which you know nobody nobody who's gonna do that right? every most people are gonna eat two, three, four, five meals a day or more, or whatever you know if your chat is seven or eight you know but <laughs> but uh, but but you've gotta feed if you gotta feed the spirit man. so just for those who might have missed it, the word worship, prayer, and relationships. Those are the four bullets, the word, worship, prayer, relationships. And you've got to engage in that every single day. And that's what's going to help you grow and mature in your walk with Christ. There it's go. true.
2: And, and I think about, you know, you talked about eating all my meals every single day. I, I you know, you, you, Nikita, as a kid growing up watching you and stuff. I was mesmerized. And, and I think you, you mentioned this in a little bit of your biography about how you were always fascinated with bodybuilding and all these larger life kind of characters. And that's really what captivated me. So for me, working out is a daily routine. I can't have the physique or whatever that I want if I'm just training one day a week. And, you know, men like Leonard Ravenhill and then Casey and I talk about David Wilkerson quite often, you know, Dr. Michael Brown, so many other mighty men of God out there. They're they're feeding on that daily bread every single day. It can't just be a Sunday church service. And then Monday through Saturday, you're kind of, um, being inconsistent. Like we have to, and that's what probably the same as all of us on here, my walk, you know, when I was saved at 2000, I fell away because I didn't stay in the word of God daily. I didn't have that mentor either that I want to talk to you about soon. Um, to help guide me, to help pick me up and say, no, this is what you need to be doing. So Nikita question for you, who can you give us a couple, like when you were saved in 1993, obviously a new baby Christian, who were some men, you mentioned pastor Jay Stewart, who were some men that poured into you and maybe even continue to pour into you daily, um, that, that mentored you and helped you stay strong. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, another another great question. And there's a reason they call it daily bread. Uh <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs> just mentioned that. <laughs> the key word being daily. Um uh, and and secondly, a scripture comes to mind too: that man should not live on bread alone, right. but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Open the word of God, open the mouth of God. And, and so uh, Jay Stewart early on, Tom Whitten, who is, who is the pastor of the church that I uh, got to say. Jay was on staff there. Uh, so, but Jay Stewart, uh, Tom Whitten, really over the years, there, there's been a, a number of men, some of whom uh, have mentored me, I, I would I, I would say it this way, from a distance. And what yeah. I mean by that is I already made reference to a lot of the online sermons and YouTube sermons and videos that you know that I'll watch but you know guys like Alistair Begg out of Cleveland Ohio Mike Bickle out of out of Kansas City um uh, Francis Chan I mean there's a there's just a, a number of of guys who I've uh, been introduced to that I have gleaned and learned from uh, over the years men much more schooled than I am men with 40 50s years of, of, you know, spiritual journey under their belt. I mean, you might mention Dr. Michael Brown. I know, you know, you, he's been mentoring you, Chad. And, and again, that's a catalyst too. I, I like to say everyone should have a Paul, a Barnabas and a Timothy in their life. Amen. Yes, very, very true. It's so important because you have those men that are going to help build you up.
2: And you, you think of all these names you mentioned, Mike Bickle, Francis Chan, Alistair Begg, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, you know, what uh i guess like these men had others pouring into them too and what i guess they show us is how important it is to be fully consecrated to god and we we can't forget that i always think and i asked the question a couple weeks ago to a friend what made someone like um d.l moody different than just a normal sunday christian and he goes he was all in for god he was all in for christ he was you said it word worship prayer relationship there's four stables there and that's what it was And i started thinking here at 39 years old you know it's never too late we have to be all in and fully
0: consecrated to to god daily <laughs> it's it's never too late i mean smith wiggles word uh john wesley i mean there's some great revivalists and a great men of God that preceded us, that, that have a, a a history and a track record of, of being, of being just, we're saying mentored. For others, mm-hmm. they might use the word discipled, right? Men yes. who've been discipled. And when I say a Paul, Barnabas and Timothy, uh, I didn't mention Pastor Ronnie Dean Raven, uh, who is 53 years of ministry experience. He's in his mid seventies. He and I met 25 years ago. Now he and I talk, he's like a spiritual father to me. That's That's the Paul, and he's one of the Pauls in my life. And and we talk at least on a weekly basis. Now, he's in Missouri. I'm based in the Carolinas. But nevertheless, we don't let that prohibit us from communicating every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. But he has fed me spiritually when I've had questions or maybe didn't understand certain scriptures, or he has over the years prophetically spoken into my life dreams and visions that God has given him that have come fully to fruition. And so here again, another critical uh, component to all of us growing in our faith, deepening our belief and increasing our trust in almighty God. Amen. Amen. Uh, I've
1: got one for you. Um, When you stepped out of wrestling. You gave your life to Jesus. Uh, how long was it in between there um, that you were called to preach?
0: Well, interestingly, I, I just give you the quick backstory. I don't tell this story all the time, but the day of my salvation, Chad mentioned the date, 17 October 1993, at the altar, of uh, the condensed version of the story is an elderly man named Buddy came up to me Um, after the service introduced himself, said you don't know me. My name's Buddy. I'm not a wrestling fan, not here to get an autograph, but I do want to share this story with you. I said, Great. He said, He said, Five years ago, I was surfing through the TV channels. He goes, uh, i I stopped on, on wrestling. I was watching wrestling. I'm like, I don't even like wrestling. Why am I watching this? This is exactly how the conversation went. And he goes, You were on doing an interview, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said these words, Nikita pray for that man. I have a call to salvation, uh, or pray for that man's salvation. Sorry, quote, pray for that man's salvation. I have a call to ministry on his life. Wow. wow. And he said, I have, uh, I faithfully have prayed for you every day for the last five years. Now here's a guy that didn't even know me. So for all you out there, don't give up praying for somebody, whether you know him or don't know him. If God put him on your heart, keep Praying for them, and and he goes, I wouldn't. I've been in church here several months. He goes, I've been sick. He looked sick that day. In fact, I don't even know how much longer he lived pri- past telling me this story. But he goes, I came today, even though I argued with God, I didn't feel good, but I came. I sat on the floor down here. Didn't know you were here till you walked across the front, and all of a sudden I went, Oh my gosh, that's the guy I've been praying for for five years. He goes, I knew cool. exactly who you were. He get teared up with you know in his eyes, to, and as telling me that story. And so I say that to say from day one, there was a call to ministry on my life. Truthfully, I didn't fully know what that meant. But that said, I didn't just print business cards and jump into ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Go off for Christ's ministries, come yeah. to see me re- preach revival. <laughs> I actually went through a five-year discipleship process before God fully opened the doors in December of 1995. Uh, uh, excuse me, December of 1998 eight, five years of discipleship, um, prior to, to really stepping out full time in ministry. Wow. That is something right.
2: Yeah. Talk about the power of the Holy spirit and just, uh, just solidifying your, (laughs) your calling in life. Now you, you mentioned the five year kind of discipleship. Can you, can you touch on that any, and, and, you know, for someone like me, who is, um, you know, still got a little bit of wrestling in him, but also I feel, you know, like I've been called to preach as well. Um, you know, what's what's a discipleship program like that look like? Is it someone from church that helped you out? And, and just, you know, some questions like that, that others may have as well.
0: Yeah. for And for me, for me, what it looked like was the very first thing I did was I jumped into. I jumped into, I like to get my hands dirty. And what I mean by that is, you know, our men's group had different projects uh, that, that they uh, would work on, you know, some, you know, some churches, they're more local, you know, it might be going to help, you know, paint somebody's fence or, you know, roof somebody's house or build somebody's back porch or, you know, that can be more localized in your own community or, you know, maybe off into another state. But for me, Um, my first mission trip was to help build a church in Trinidad, the Island of Trinidad. And this is just a few months into my walk with the Lord. And, and I knew nothing about construction and it's kind of funny. They're like, like, this is a real story. Like we had a, we had a meeting about, you know, what we're supposed to bring and everything. And they're talking about construction boots and all this kind of stuff. And I came up later and I go, Hey, uh, like what do you mean? Like when you say construction boots, what do you mean? They thought I was like kidding. I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't know what they are. I don't, you know. <laughs> True story. I mean, It's kind of embarrassing to say now, but um, so anyway, and I go, and I've never done. They go, oh, we'll find you something to do. And while what they found me to do was carry those huge cinder blocks from the big pile over to the guy laying the laying them. And it didn't take me long to realize something. Whoo. This is exhausting. I think I might want to learn how to lay those blocks. (laughs) um, Let somebody else carry them to me. Uh, But uh, so we did that. And not long after that, I went to the sister island of Tobago and helped uh, helped to build a Bible college there Mm. in Tobago. Completely different type of construction. And, And then my third trip was to Angola, Africa, my very first trip to Africa, where I then fell in love with Africa, was there for three weeks to help build a church there, and uh, interestingly enough, they wanted me to to do the dedication service before we left. And I'm like, man, I've never preached before. I don't even know what to say, you know. Uh, but God gave me a download divinely, and uh, that was my first taste of of preaching and ministering there in Angola, Africa. Uh, and then last, real quick, then 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 from there, I went on. Mission trips as security uh, for my daughter's uh, youth groups to Singapore, Bogota, Colombia, to Moldova over my former motherland, you know, near my motherland, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but for real, we did. We went to Moldova. Uh, so I went on several of uh, those types of mission trips. Again, just serving, man, just serving yes. God and serving others. And that's what it's about is them, you know, you, you talk about just
2: serving God and you got some, I think that, and I was listening to something today about, oh, I want to be a preacher. Cause I want to be in front of big crowds and all this stuff and all these lights and everything, but really it's about serving God and in my own walk with the Lord, it's been sit back allow the doors to open, allow the Lord to open up these doors of opportunity, but be, but be sure that I'm being faithful in the small, not the small things. Cause none of it's small because it's for the kingdom of God. You talking about going to building a church or carrying these big cinder blocks down the hill, these things aren't small. They're, they're showing you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's truly about serving and, and just allowing God to, to you be faithful in what he's given you. And he's going to give you more.
0: Yeah, and, and Chad, whoever made that comment, here's my prayer for that individual. God, I hope you put him out on the street talking to a homeless man one-on-one because yeah. I'm sorry, that's the wrong motive. If your desire is to stand on big platforms in, in yeah. front of the bright lights, you've got the wrong motive. Now, you may, God may elevate you to that platform one day, but if mm-hmm. that's your motivation, in my view, based on those comments, you're, you're heading into it with the wrong wrong perspective and uh i i hope god brings a little humility there and puts him one-on-one with a homeless man on the street uh, that's yes amen.
1: Anyway, amen if if you don't mind uh let's let's talk on that for a second i i know i've mentioned it i don't know that i've ever actually asked uh, chad but uh, this kind of be a question for both of you because i know me coming from the wrestling world when I was first saved in 2012 and then called to preach about a year later, that was my first thought. And it it was never, uh, I didn't think from a place of selfish ambition, uh, but I was just used to, Hey, I got to market myself. I got to get bookings and blah, 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 blah. And so whenever whenever I was called to preach, that's immediately the mindset that I had. I need to call pastors. I need to make connections. I need to, I need to try to get myself out there. I need to be. uh, And so I went through a struggle there for, for a while of the Lord humbling me and showing me, Hey, this is not exactly uh, the wrestling mindset. So uh, how was that for, for both of you?
0: Chad, you want, I can, I, I you want to go, I can, or I can. No, go. please go ahead. You, please go ahead. So uh, let me, let me, <laughs> let me tell you who else had that mindset who got humbled uh, relatively quick as well. Uh, it'd be a guy who is uh, a, uh, a very close ministry partner with not with, with myself and your audience would probably know him pretty well. He's, known as the total package, Lex Luger. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so I'm not saying you were wrong to have that mindset in, 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 in a sense, but he found out that a year and a half after his salvation, he's laying paralyzed from the neck down uh, in a, in a shepherd's spinal center in Atlanta. And what's going through his mind is God, how are you going to use me now? You know, I'm a vegetable, uh, you know, cause he was, supposed to be quadriplegic his entire life, be lifted out of a bed, shaved, bathed, you know, diaper changed, I and mean, the whole deal. Mm. And God has miraculously, miraculously given him a great recovery, not a full 100%, but certainly a great recovery. All that said, what God taught him by his own testimony is uh, where he thought he needed his big physical total package physique to be this great armor bearer for God, God said, no, no let me strip you of your muscle suit and show you how I can really use you now mm. as, as a humble servant with, without all the muscle mass. I'm not saying that God's going to do that in every extreme case, but that that was like, it's part of Lex's story <clears throat> for me. Um, I've never been one to self promote. I feel I guess fortunate in the sense where I, where uh, I, I, Casey, I didn't have to, I didn't have that mindset. You know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm used to marketing, promoting myself. And, but, but, I guess because I had that five-year period of just getting my hands dirty and going and serving, and then God supernaturally for me opening doors up December 1998 to where, fast forward to present day, now I've been in 30 different countries, I've been in all 50 states, preached in over 1,200 churches, to conferences, camps, and and, and revivals and crusades, et cetera, and very, very rarely have I ever (laughs) – call a church or a pastor to do any of that. So I've just totally tr- had to learn to trust God to open doors for me in his perfect timing. So that's, that's yeah. my response to your question. And and mine real
2: quick is, is basically for me, it was uh, years ago. I dealt with a pride bait. I dealt with, um, you know, I was this pro wrestler. I had these nice followers, this contract. I started to, to, uh, think I was better, better than my father and all these, you know, all these other people. And I'm not proud of that as part of my testimony, but the Lord really humbled me years ago. And I think that's carried on as, you know, recently I left WWE back in November and I refused. I said, you know what, Lord, I will not have any pride. I will not contact churches and ask to go preach. And it's amazing how having that mindset and trusting God, um, Doors have already opened for me in March and into June and stuff like that of, uh, doing some wrestling shows, preaching some sermons at a church. So it's like, God's already said, Hey, you know what? Don't be prideful. This isn't about you when the time's right. I'm going to open those doors. So I'm I'm very
0: thankful that I learned that lesson, uh, years ago. Exactly, exactly and, and, and I conveyed that to Lex when he got saved what what, what should I do you know what am I, and I go, I go let me tell you what you're not going to do and, and, I, and I told him I said you're not going to start calling churches and and you're not and, and one other little quick side note and you're not going to go out right away because mm-hmm. the truth is when some churches find out a celebrity type person gets saved, I mean I, I don't know any other way to say it than they'll prostitute that individual. And take advantage of them if they're not well grounded. And so fortunately for Lexi, he was very well grounded and he took the advice that that I and others gave him. Because of that, God's really honored that and really blessed him. And and he'll it's like he's blessing you right now, Chad, and anyone else who walks with a from a position of humility what can we learn from
2: Jesus? We can look at Jesus's ministry. He was baptized and went into the wilderness for 40 days. Right. We can look at Paul who was transformed on the road to Damascus. And if you read some history in the acts, there was a stint of, I want to say three or four years where he was, he was gone. He was being discipled. He was, uh, you know, he was prepared, being prepared. So we can
0: learn from that. Yep. Learn from examples prior to us. That's right. Amen.
1: Definitely. Um, All right. We've just got a few more minutes, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to touch on uh, man camp. Uh, That's that's a big thing that you and Lex do. So uh, I know we talked about it on the on the last uh, time that you were with us here on the podcast. But I wanted to give you another chance to uh, throw that out there. Let uh, people listening know what that is, what you do, and uh, and if you've got some dates uh, set up, um, yeah, we'll throw those out there.
0: <clears throat> yeah, appreciate it. And, and you know, twenty twenty one was a great year. I ended up doing. Uh, we do a one day conference called Man Man Up, Man Up. Typically a typical one day conference. We did eighteen of those last year in communities all across, uh, really up and down from from Ohio down to down to Florida and points in between. And, and uh, those are just a one day conference uh, centered around, you know, being healthy in spirit, soul, and body. Um, and say I call it an appetizer for any church or community that's interested in bringing that in. Um, it, it, they can contact me through net just a direct email message me and I'll follow up. In fact, I just had a guy prior to coming on, I met at Wrestlecade and he said, Hey, we want to bring man up conference to Brevard, North Carolina, you know, get, give us a call. So, you know, I'm constantly scheduling those and those feed into the the camp itself, the five day catalyst, which is, you know, for all the ladies wrestling uh, viewing or listening out there, our goal with the camp Lex and I facilitates this along with a great staff is to equip and train and empower men. And then, and then, uh, no, I'm on the whole military thing tonight. Deploy, deploy, um, <laughs> yeah. de- deploy men back home to be to be better be, again, better equipped, better trained, better trained, empowered to be godly men, godly husbands and godly fathers. And that's a deep dive. That's a five day catalyst. The next one is uh, uh, the last week of April. And again, they can go to the website, coloff.net. And, and get that information. It's, it's, uh, we do that in Royston, Georgia. In fact, uh, coming up uh, tonight, tomorrow, we're actually doing a little overnight uh, Man Up Conference at, at the St. Camp, Camp Littleite Light uh, in, in Royston, Georgia. Pastor Clay Huff is hosting. Um, for those who might want to, uh, on short notice, show up tonight and spend the night and, and spend some time with us tomorrow. It includes uh, dinner tonight, breakfast uh, in the morning, Pastor Clay Huffs, uh, area code 706 207 706 And uh there's nominal costs, a very minimal cost to, to do that, it includes your lodging and all materials. But uh yeah, so I'm just excited, my Ministering to man. And and I'll I'll mention really, really quick too, uh later this year in in the month of August at Morningstar uh ministries in Fort Mill, we're doing a Uh, a three day men's big men's conference. And we're going to have a incredible lineup of speakers uh, uh, that'll be coming to that. There'll be more information uh, out there on social media and people can connect to with me guys right through, again, right through the website. They can go to my podcast, learn more about man camp. um, Follow me on social media, right through coloff.net. It's a one stop. They can purchase my books there, everything right there at coloff.net.
1: Well, very good, very good. We have really enjoyed uh, this this part two with uh, with Nikita Koloff, and uh, I feel like it's been a very spirit led conversation. And uh, once again, we just want to thank you for stopping by and uh, and sharing your heart for Jesus and um, and we just pray for blessings over you, your family, your ministry, and uh, and everything that you're doing, sir.
0: Well, yes. I received that and I just uh, twofold back to each of you guys as God continues to use you mighty men of God, whether it's through this podcast, preaching or wherever, wrestling in the ring or wherever, <laughs> wherever else he, he leads you, my brothers. Yes,
2: sir. Nikita, we love you, brother. We thank you for your heart. We thank you for uh, the, just the opportunities we get to
0: spend with you as well, man. It's been an honor tonight. Well, God bless you. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Make it your best year ever. Do it by being surrendered, submitted to Jesus, and watch what he does in and through you. God bless you all. Amen.
1: Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you, and thank you for joining us. God bless you. Thank
0: you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.